0: This is the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. And welcome to the best show on your radio. You know it better as the Electric Circus, Ask Freddie and Harry. He is Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman, together presented by Progressive Insurance on the ESPN app. Series X and Channel 80. Don't forget about us by telling your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. Who is the best team? In the NFC, we're going to get to that in about 10 minutes or so, give or take a lie or two. And also in a couple of seconds, we'll let you know exactly what the biggest surprise from NFL Sunday week eight before we get you ready for the end of week eight. When it comes to Monday night football, all the Detroit Lions, they take on the Las Vegas Raiders. But playing people want to weigh in the, the team to watch out for in the national football. They got a couple of you got something to say about that at Triple H, say ESPN. 888-729-3776 Harry Douglas believes right now it is the Cincinnati Bengals. The way they play lately, Joe Burrow feeling healthy and Joe Burrow feeling good about himself. He's feeling so good, even his coach Zach Taylor was saying it with his chest.
1: They've won 11 in a row and that, that's that's things we feed our players, you know, because this is the type of team that responds to that. They want to hear that. They want to hear that Buffalo had one home loss in the playoffs in their history. They want to hear that this team's you know, won 11 in a row at home because um, someone's got to beat them and it's going to be us, you know, so I think that that's just kind of the edge that these guys play with they, they want that information uh to fuel them and and they they responded how i assumed that they would
0: i'll give you a team to watch out for keeping an eye on the jacksonville jaguars that defense is really underrated and they got four different kind of playmakers on in offense involving their quarterback trevor lawrence their running back travis Etienne, their wide receiver calvin ridley and now evan ingram has become a big time player once again at that tight end position keep an eye on that team that could really do a lot of damage and they have the same record as kansas city Baltimore, and Miami at 6-2 and two in the AFC.
2: They also have a player I didn't mention earlier when I was talking about their defense, but at the safety position, Rayshon Jenkins. He's playing some good football. He came up big for them last year and was uh, one of the main reasons why they were able to have success late and also were able to win a football game in the playoffs and coming yeah. back and beating the Los Angeles Chargers. So uh, I, I'm still waiting for Trayvon Walker, though. to. to so to, are to, they. To be that dude, right? So are they. You talk about, and I'm not going to call him a bust right now, but when you look at what Aiden Hutchinson is doing versus mm -hmm. what Trayvon Walker is doing. That's
0: the guy they selected over Trayvon, uh, Aiden Hutchinson. And yeah, you got to start seeing some dividends for a guy that you took with the number one pick in the draft not too long ago. Ed in Michigan, who is the team to watch out for? Let us know right now. on Freddie and Harry at 888-729-3776.
3: Hey, guys. um, Real quick, Harry, when you say golly G willikers, I needed you to follow that up with the Batman. It, it just wasn't there. <laughs> and, 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 and Freddie, man, I'm glad those people running that company got their heads out the third point of contact. It gave you your own show, dude. I love it. I Appreciate love you. It.
0: Appreciate that, but, my friend. But, I
3: love it, too. <laughs> but, but the team, yeah, I love you guys together, man. It's awesome. But the team, I'm saying look out for the Bills. They're the biggest fraud in the NFL. Josh Allen was a massive turnover machine. My friends, before the season started, Sean McVay is uh, Oh, jeez, the coach there. Yeah, lost lost track of mine. Sean McDermott, I got you. Lions, yeah, McDermott's going to be the Detroit Lions' offensive coordinator next year because he's going to get fired this season.
2: Oh wow, I, I didn't I didn't think it's that a was going to take right there. That turn, yeah. I thought he was going to say the Bills. You know, Josh Allen yeah. can throw it with the best of them, and you know, uh. The defense going to come yeah. together, but yeah.
0: he, that took a left turn. But put it this way, he's not exactly wrong in terms of how up and down they've been. We shouldn't have to wait until last Thursday to see the kind of Bills offense that we saw when they had that three-game winning streak that I they agree. got away from. So I'm not going to say that Sean McDermott's going to get fired. I firmly believe that's not going to happen. But I don't believe Ed Michigan is wrong in terms of why can't you look like that what we saw last Thursday, what we saw during your three-game winning streak, that we didn't see to protect your defense when you're having a little bit of turbulence and you were that close to maybe having the New York Giants beat you on your home field and having a three-game losing streak of your own in Buffalo.
2: And I think the things that stuck out on the Thursday night football game was what, right? Tempo within the offense, mm-hmm. ball distribution, Khalil Shakir, him getting involved, also Gabe Davis, Dalton Kincaid, along with Stefan Diggs, diversifying the football to a lot of different guys and not just keying on one or two guys, I think that's going to be pivotal for the offense, going to an empty formation Right. and being able to let Josh Allen just see what the defense is doing what they're committed to and letting the ball rip he improvised utilized his legs um, pretty pretty well I wish they would have did it on the, the four, uh, when they turn over on downs down in the tight red zone but they did it on the following drive on a third down they had to pick up so moving forward you know Ken Dorsey these are some of the things I want to see you know become consistent within the offense
0: Dean in Ohio who is the team to watch out for in the National Football League my friend
3: he Denver Broncos, hear me out. Okay, big win against the Kansas City Chiefs, right? Mm-hmm. Going into a bye week, transformed the organization. Got the Buffalo Bills, who have Cincinnati on the road next, right? And then you got a three-game skid against the Vikings uh, and a couple other teams. But Browns, Russell Wilson playing competent football. Russell Wilson's playing competent football. That defense is coming alive, right?
0: Okay.
3: Um, I just think we have a really good chance to change the narrative, the, the national narrative. About the Denver football
1: Broncos.
0: Well, the national narrative, in my opinion, may be the same as the local narrative. That is the same that they still want about this football team being a com- a competent team. They've looked a lot more competent the last couple of weeks. Let's be fair. They beat the Packers nineteen to seventeen. They beat the Chiefs twenty four to nine. And the first time they played the Chiefs, they only allowed them to have nineteen points. So that defense has played a lot better. But if they're going to flip this around, Harry, I go back to the end of the game against the Jets, when Sean Payton is just giving the biz to Russell Wilson and he took off his helmet. And you could tell he gave it right back to him and didn't wait for a response and went and sat down. It was was as if Russell Wilson said, I'm tired of this. I'm tired of you getting on my last nerve. Why don't you let me play quarterback? Why don't you align this offense where I'm not trying to fit it, you're going to fit me. Because I can make this work. But I'm not going to be your personal whipping man because everything is going wrong and you're not taking any blame for that. It's been a market difference Ever since then, because all of a sudden you don't hear Sean Payton saying as much that he said, hey, I got to be better coaching this team. We're going to be better. The players are buying in. We've heard a lot more of that from Sean Payton. And I go back to when that happened. Russell Wilson had the ball knocked out of his hands. Bryce Hall picks up for the Jets, runs for a touchdown. And Sean Payton is and Russell, hey, you ain't talking to me that way. You go to hell. You're not doing that to me anymore. I'm not going to be your personal whipping man just because things are not working out to your liking because you're not coaching us properly. Freddie, it's like that sometimes. It has to be like yeah, play, that sometimes. Play,
2: playing, playing for ten years in the league, I'm not gonna sit here, sit up here, and you know, deceive the people listening and say, "Hey, there was never altercations with players and coaches on teams I played on." I played on one of the best teams in, in Atlanta. Hell, Tony Gonzalez used to get it out of offensive coordinator at times. Literally, I have seen it. You know what I'm saying? So it it, it happens, and sometimes it's like that. But right. I, I can respect a player that stands up for himself. You know. When they think things are different or not in the manner of which the coach may be saying it is, there's nothing wrong with that. And you work through through your differences and you move on and you continue to have success after you move on and you guys iron your things out.
0: Yeah, because he made that throw yesterday for the touchdown. I thought Sean Payne was going to tear his ACL running onto the field to congratulate him. And I but, said, but see, hmm, he wouldn't have it, done that before.
2: It, it wasn't just that one for me. It, it, I go back to the Green Bay game last week. Okay. Right? And just about every third down, it was the uh, KYP, know your personnel, right? You got Cortland Sutton matched up with a backup corner. He's coming and, on strong and, lately, and, yeah. And you went to him time and time and time again. They completed a wheel route for a touchdown, and then he looked at the Green Bay Packers trying to do it on their side, and and you got receivers don't know what the hell they're doing, Mm -hmm. and and people thinking it's Jordan Love throwing a bad ball with the execution of it. So it's all those things for the Denver Broncos right now that have been going well, because we talk about close wins, right? They easily could have lost yesterday Mm -hmm. if one of those turnovers don't happen, right? Or If a Kansas City Chiefs receiver catches the ball. Absolutely. But against Green Bay, if they make one more play. But that's the NFL. We can't rewind and say, hey, if this would have happened, the the Broncos would have lost. It don't work like that. They won the game.
0: Yeah, I don't believe in hypotheticals, and I believe in fear of the known and leave the unknown alone. Right now, the known, the Denver Broncos, they look a lot less of Sean Payton's whipping men because their quarterback let it be known, I'm sick and tired that nonsense Triple say ESPN 888 Be it a part of Freddie and Harry Nation or Dr. Pepper call online of Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio who is the team to watch out for in the National Football League Lance in Houston what you got Lucky Lance
3: Look out for them Saints baby look out for them Saints growing pains new quarterback the defense got the players skill positions are lit offensive line took some tweaking real easy schedule that like keeps getting a little easier Watch out for them
0: Saints, son. Well, they got the Bears, Vikings, Falcons in their next three games. They have no business not going at least 2-1 and one against those three teams. The Bears aren't any good playing a backup quarterback. The Vikings will have a different quarterback when it comes to Kirk Cousins. The Falcons' defense is going to battle you, and we feel awful for Grady Jarrett. Out for the in the 20 ACL, oh. one of the best interior linemen in the National Football League. But the Saints, in my opinion, they should be 4-4. Four and four. They should be better than what they are. With the kind of talent that they have, with the kind of skill position talent that they have, and that kind of defense, they have no business, in my opinion, being four and four. This should be a six and two team. They had no business losing to the Packers, had a seventeen nothing lead. I don't know what happened versus Tampa Bay, losing twenty to nine. And the Houston Texans were a more physical team than a team that's pretty physical. They should be embarrassed, in my opinion, being a four and four team. They should be a six and two team down in New Orleans.
2: I, I think. Their offense is part of the reason Why they, they aren't <clears throat> And I think That game versus the Colts This weekend When you see Derek Carr Not turn the football over Throwing interceptions And mm-hmm. you know Rasheed uh, Shaheed oh, He's become man. their big play guy Right I mean, Three catches 153 yards And a touchdown but, you know, Alvin Kamara in the run game, pass game, game, Taysom Hill, the swift army knife, he was involved. So I think moving forward, if they can be consistent offensively, we will be having different conversations about them. But until that happens, hey, we're going to have the same ones.
0: Yeah, they're 4-4 four and four for a reason because they've been up and down and up and down like the Stock and They have too much talent to be an up and down team at this point in the season. Derek in Virginia, what NFL team do you believe is the team to watch out for?
3: All right, Freddie, first off, you got to put some respect on my name. Don't listen to that last caller. <laughs> Y'all need to put some respect on the Bucks, and I'm going to tell you why real quick. I hear you laughing. Hey, Harry, I hear you laughing in the background, but let me tell you why real quick, all right? Baker Mayfield just finally came out and said, we need to stop running the ball. We're not a run-first team. They need to start calling plays like that until they get the game going. Two, they're gonna sign Derrick Henry in a trade. Watch, okay. they're gonna bring Derrick Henry in here. He's gonna start carrying the load. Three, the ba- the Bills only beat us by one score, and that's because Vitavea wasn't playing, so we couldn't get pressure up the middle. Otherwise, that game, I'm telling you right now, would have been a lot different. There's yeah. been we whooped up on the Saints, Freddie. Don't tell me I don't know what happened with the with the Bucks against the Saints. We man. We smacked their mama.
0: Yeah, you Dar- Dar- may, we Dar- smacked. Dar- Dar- yeah, go ahead. Go Dar- ahead, Derek, Dar- what, what, Dar- what's your choice of liquor? What do you like to drink? Hey, wait a minute now. Do we need to go there?
2: No, no, no. Just, I'm just, I just want to ask Derek. Derek, what do you like to drink?
0: Man, I'm a scotch man.
2: Now, if it was a fifth, we'll be drunk on scotch. <laughs> if Vita Vale <Vell> would have played, <laughs> we would have did this. Listen, you, the story is your team have lost three in a row. Mm-hmm. You lost to the Falcons. Mm-hmm. You lost to the Lions. Mm-hmm. got embarrassed. You lost to the Buffalo Bills. Now, now I'm going to tell you this. Don't underestimate the Houston Texans because that's a team that has surprised a lot of people mm-hmm. in the National Football League this year. You got the Texans, you got the Titans that just got a nice win, and then you had the 49ers and the Colts. I don't see it happening for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Y'all like to shoot them cannons down there? Boom! It won't be too many cannons being shot.
0: I love his passion for his team, but he was he was using a lot of ifs. Why they should be a team to watch out for? You, Drunk on scotch. You, yeah, because I, I know if I'm Tennessee, if I'm trading Derrick Henry, if I'm Derrick Henry, I'm thinking, why would I want to go to Tennessee? Why would I want to leave Tennessee to go to Tampa Bay? I'm That's am threatening to more. retire. Right? I'm I, to retire. Yeah, yeah. But I would stay here with the Tennessee Titans. I mean, it seems to be a lot better for the Tennessee Titans based on one game. With Will Levis and with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You can say all you want about beating the Saints 26-9. to Your team has not won a game since then. And if you want to put the ball in Baker Mayfield's hands a lot, then your offensive line better be able to block. And we've seen that he was running for his life against the Buffalo Bills and the Atlanta Falcons and the Detroit Lions. Your team needs a running game. It can't just be – when I was about Baker Mayfield, Oklahoma – when Lincoln Rod was his head coach. What about the National Football League? It's Division One, and, and the murals, brother, when it comes to the National Football League and your quarterback not having that offensive line help. That's a lot of faith in a team that's lost three in a row and a lot of ifs trying to help you out there, Derek in Virginia. But, hey, good luck to you. Good luck to you. Trucker NAB, what you got for the team in the NFL that everybody should be watching out for right now, my friend? Hey, I,
3: I was going to uh, talk about the Cowboys, but I don't want to waste my time because we know in the end they'll be playing golf in February, i with the Saints. That guy's right. Hey, hey, now that the offensive coordinators let Derek Carr loose, and hey, remember he's been getting used to his new players, and letting him throw the ball deep, and with this with this new threat they got, uh, Rashawn Shanid, look out for the Saints.
0: Rasheed, yeah. Shahid yeah, he Put it this way. <laughs> he just got there to him, so I, I won't fault him on that one. But I go back to when. Derek Carr was letting people have it on the sidelines and he was making them accountable. He was like, look, you're you're not running the right pattern. You're not doing the right play. You didn't hear one person anonymously or anybody else barking back at him after that happened at Thursday night game. If guys thought that he was completely out of pocket, they probably would have let him have it on the sidelines. I saw a lot of guys, you know, that's on me. I got to be better. And nobody said that he was wrong. What happened this past Sunday? They put up 38 points. And everybody's like, man, yeah. He knows this offense. We got to do our best to pay attention and do our jobs right. If they're able to do that, then maybe just maybe this Saints team can be a Saints team we thought we were going to see before the season got started.
2: I love his Instagram post he just posted. Uh, I, think, I think it was yesterday or today where it's him throwing the football in the pocket. And he basically said, Rashid Shaheed is down there somewhere. <laughs> you know, just get it to him. So I, I i like him being their big play guy. They're they're down the field, take the top off the defense because he's made plays uh numer- on numerous of occasions this You're season right. for the New Orleans Saints.
0: And he helps a lot when it comes to Chris Olave and Michael yep. Michael Thomas. They have a lot more room with those short routes they can take for a little bit of a long way to intermediate routes. When you gotta worry about that guy topping off your defense, it makes things a lot easier where you can generate big plays with short passes in the Saints passing game. Rick in Michigan, who is the NFL team that you believe believe everybody should watch out for?
3: Well, I think we ought to talk about the Lions. Um, first of all, can you hear me? Yeah, we got you. All right. Well, first of all, I about drove off the road with your segment with uh, Herm Edwards. <laughs> <player>. <laughs> that was uh, that was absolutely crazy. But hey, other than the Lions getting blown out uh, last week mm-hmm. after their first nine plays, they were down 28 nothing. But if you look at their schedule, From here on out, you got two in Minnesota, two in Chicago. You got a Green Bay, a Denver, a Dallas, and the Chargers. You know, a lot of very winnable games. Mm -hmm. I would love to believe that their seating should be very high in the NFC. Don't you guys think? Completely agree. play like they're supposed to play.
0: Yeah, Rick, we talked about this last week, even before after they lost to the Baltimore Ravens. We said, hey, even though they lost to the Ravens, That could have been the best thing for them because their coach Dan Campbell said too many guys, and I'm paraphrasing, he said too many guys in this locker room were believing they were better than what they were. So now you got a taste of that from the Baltimore Ravens. What are you going to do about it? So now you got an ornery football team that does not have to worry about learning the same lesson again. And you look at their schedule like he mentioned. Raiders tonight, and I think they're going to beat the blood out of them. Then they take on the Chargers on the road. We know Los Angeles Chargers are going to be up and down. The Chicago Bears, they're playing out the string in 2023. The Green Bay Packers could be in the same position the next week. Then at New Orleans, at the Bears, at home versus the Broncos, at Minnesota, at Dallas versus the Vikings after that. There are only two teams on that schedule. Three teams on that schedule that are playing at above or 500 football it shapes up really, really nicely for the Lions that if the Cowboys and the Eagles and the Forty Nines and the Seahawks cannibalize each other, that they could be a potential 2 or one seed in the NFC.
2: Yeah, I think they have a great chance to be the one seed um also the 2C2 but you want that 1C so you can get that first round by, if you're Detroit that means you only have to win that divisional round mm-hmm. and then the NFC championship game and then you're in the Super Bowl so they have a great chance the schedule everything aligns up i will say this about them i understand they beat Kansas City week 1 right they right. beat Kansas City week 1 and i believe in the Detroit Lions mm-hmm. uh but they lost to the Seahawks so that's a team of Seahawks that we, we also got to look at in a different light because they did beat the Lions. Mm-hmm. And then another great opponent in the Baltimore Ravens, they got a mud hole put in them. So right. now you don't have too many more of those upper echelon games, right? So I want to see when they play the Cowboys, when they play the Saints, yeah. are they going to be able to you know compete at a high level consistently with those teams?
0: You mentioned the Chiefs losing opening day to Detroit Lions. That was the biggest surprise to me. Not that he lost to the Denver Broncos, but only scoring nine points, breaking that sixteen game losing winning streak, excuse me, against AFC West teams. That was the biggest surprise to me with NFL Sunday. What about you?
2: Uh, for me, I'm gonna go with the Denver Broncos. Okay. Yep. Being able to get a win. But I just think for me, it's the the receiver room of the Kansas City Chiefs and how yep. they were part of the main reason why the Kansas City Chiefs lost. You talk about a fumble by Marquez Valdez Scantley, you talk about a muff punt by Hartman. Mikko Hartman, a drop touchdown by Sky Moore, Absolutely. another drop pass by Rasheed Rice. Come on, man. You guys got to get it together. You can't be the weakest link on this football team and holding them back for from trying to win back-to-back Super Bowls.
0: They got in touch with doing too much yesterday. They had avoided that the last three weeks and making those kind of plays and supplementing Travis Kelsey. I thought yesterday when things got a little sketchy for them, that's when they were trying to do too much and to put them in a serious situation where you're letting down your quarterback and also you're putting your defense on the short field. You are the yep. Kansas City Chiefs. That goal stand is you do that to other people, get on the short field. They don't do that to you. You can't afford to make those kind of mistakes and think that's going to just go by the wayside with a trading deadline less than 24 hours away. He's Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman together. And Freddie and Harry presented by Progressive Insurance. They have insurance for motorcycles, boats, and RVs. So if you need protection on the road and on the water, see how much you can save at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and dot Progressive.com. We turn our attention to Major League Baseball. Game three of the World Series happens tonight. Courage, pre-game coverage begins at 7 o'clock Eastern time when we're done. What can we expect with this series tied at one? And so a lot of people are trying to figure out exactly who these teams are. Keep it here on Fred and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be.
3: We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there.
0: On this Reggae Monday, known as Freddie and Harry, he is Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman, presented by Progressive Insurance. Appreciate you joining us on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. Series so X on Channel 80. And don't forget to tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. All we got a series, boys and girls. When it comes to the World Series, that matchup is tied at one between the Texas Rangers and the Arizona Diamondbacks. Game three about to happen when we're done at 7 o'clock Eastern time on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Always a pleasure bringing Jessica Mendoza. She's an SOS sister of the show as an ESPN baseball analyst. Get us ready for Game 3. Hit her on Twitter at Jess Mendoza. Jessica, I never want to say that somebody has an advantage going into a Game 3 in a series is tied at one. But if you could actually circle a team and say, I think they got a little bit of an advantage going into that Game 3, who would that team be tonight and why? Well, first
1: of all, can we just talk about Reggae Monday for a second? Because I'm digging it. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. Like, yes. We were just grabbing lunch, and we were just dropping Bob Marley. Eduardo and I were just, uh-huh. like, dancing. We had Buffalo chicken, so that, uh, Oh, there we obviously go. Obviously, we'll write to Buffalo Soldier. Absolutely. <laughs> now you're talking.
0: That, that'll, be in the playlist. that'll be in the playlist next Monday now, based on what you just said. A little Perfect. Buffalo Soldier by Mar- Bob Marley. Well done by you.
1: Sorry. I couldn't let that go. You said you said <laughs> that. like I'm like, how am I not a part of this? Yeah. This is such a beautiful thing. I love that you guys are bringing that in. No, appreciate you. I, I think, I mean, obviously, you go with, you know, the, the advantage is always the team who won last. But I think even when you go back to Game 1, a game that the Rangers won and how they did it, it was a game that I felt like the Diamondbacks had dominated throughout most of that game. So then you roll into game two and it, absolute annihilation, 9-1, to one, not like any swing and miss. I mean, the fact that the, the Diamondbacks were able to put the ball in place as much as they did the athleticism that they showed, the momentum is clearly going in their favor.
2: Now I need to ask you this because the Diamondbacks aren't a team that's going to hit a lot of home runs, but I thought they've done a great job throughout this playoffs of playing small ball. Sixteen hits, like you just mentioned in Game Two. Do you think that can continue in Game Three?
1: Well, I mean, you got Max Scherzer on the other side, and this is a guy that's been getting hit up definitely in the last two starts, and. He's only had two starts in the last month and a half, and I think the biggest thing the Diamondbacks have done a really good job of is is not chase a whole lot, make sure that they're getting pitches in the zone they can put the ball in play on, and just put pressure on. When you've got, like, Evan Longoria laying down bunts and putting pressure on, Josh Young, third baseman for the Texas Rangers, is moving in, and he gets a base hit based on defensive proximation. I mean, to me, that has been the, the Diamondbacks and the pressure. It's not just the fact that they're getting hits. It's the way that they're doing it.
0: Jessica Mendoza, ESPN Baseball Analyst on Twitter. Jess Mendoza joining Freddie Coleman and Harry Douglas and Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. Getting everybody ready for Game 3 tonight. Coverage begins at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. The crowds were fantastic, Jessica, in the first two games of this series. It felt like a football crowd was down there watching this when it comes to the Rangers and the Diamondbacks. I get the sense it's going to be the same kind of atmosphere now that this series goes to Arizona. What has it been like to see two teams that two years ago lost 100 games plus each, and now two years later, these two are playing for a chance to win a world championship?
1: Well, you know, coming back here to Phoenix, it's been 22 years since they've seen their team in the World Series, and you kind of feel it. I mean, just the right. vibe. We came in, you know, five, six hours before the game, and there was traffic, cars, people. I'm mean, like, what's everyone doing? And It's like that. <laughs> there's no school. There's no work. <laughs> like I mean, it has been unbelievable. The 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 store, the the shop that the team store that you have when you first walk in. I mean, the line is wrapped all the way around blocks down the road. It's just it's exciting when you get teams like this. First of all, that were unexpected throughout the entire season, even throughout the postseason. And right. I think there's going to be bandwagon. We were laughing. There's a bunch of Paul Goldschmidt jerseys. <laughs> we're like, okay, we're bringing it back. But it's been wow. it's been a bit since there has been a big-time game here in Phoenix, Arizona. And you can feel the crowd, especially for tonight.
2: So for the Texas Rangers, who is the one player or players that need to step it up from an offensive standpoint tonight?
1: I mean, Marcus, I mean, right at the top. I mean, Mm -hmm. we've talked a lot about Corey Seager, uh, Adalise Garcia, and what their bats have been. They've been the stars, right? And even, you know, the bottom of the order. They've had a lot of production from their seven, eight, nine hitters. And then it's been a stop sign at the top and with Marcus Seaman. He had a hit in his last at-bat in game two. But you look at the numbers over the course of the postseason, and not only is he struggling, but you can tell mentally he is just grinding. Christian Walker, we saw that as well on the flip side for the Diamondbacks. But he's still started to kind of get the barrel going. He had really good hits. He ended up getting a really good hit at the end. But Simeon has to. Like, absolutely all-cap has to if the Rangers are going to keep winning at the World Series.
2: So I need to say this. So, Jessica, when you were in studio for Get Up, your form hitting, took oh, the opposite yeah. field, exactly mm-hmm. what the pitch should have went. Mm-hmm. Should you be, you know, be the hitting consultant, the hitting coach for the Rangers? <laughs> I'm
1: just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, especially if we're in hi- tiny football helmets. Absolutely. Like the day that they're just like, okay, we need a professional tiny football helmet hitter. Bring in Jess Mendoza, folks. She will be your consultant on exactly how to hit it where it's pitched. Or maybe right at Dan's, Dan Orlosky's um, head. I wow. Well, hey, wait, whoa, whoa. Almost Almost Dan Orlowski, what did Dan Orlosky do to you? He was the one pitching. Come on, I know. <laughs> he, he was the one pitching. And he, and, and he
2: botched the first pitch, too. He oh, wow. botched it. Wow. But then, you, were yeah. you were actually watching.
1: You were actually watching because the highlights skipped that whole part where he threw me a really Really bad pitch, and I took it. I was in heels too, so like we we mm-hmm. can't be swinging it at pitches out of the zone and falling on our butts. You
0: do, like, not, yeah. You don't, You don't want to go viral that way. As far as that no. goes, being in heels, <laughs> Jessica no. Mendoza, ESPN baseball analyst on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. Speaking of guys that can rake, just like Jessica Mendoza, when I say Corbin Carroll of the Arizona Diamondbacks, what do you say?
1: Just stud. I mean, I love the game, the the full game that is Corbin Carroll. Okay? Mm-hmm. You know, first of all, you have the defense and the sprint speed and that just athleticism that jumps off the page. But then the fact that there's the slug. you got this tiny dude, but he is muscular right. when you're around him. So you watch these at-bats and how he will literally take what the game is giving him. If it's going opposite field and just putting a ball in play to get a runner in, pulling the ball to the right side, to get a runner from second to third, laying down a bunt, absolutely crushing and annihilating a pitch when he's in a good slug type count he understands the game and getting to know him especially over this course of this postseason his teammates the way that he takes notes he walks into meetings like he is just constantly how can I get better what about my game needs to improve and I know this too because I got two boys at home and they're like my favorite player right now is Corbin Carroll that that tells me everything
0: that wow, is. Dope. That's tremendous.
2: What What about Marte for the for the Diamondbacks? What has he meant for this team in the postseason?
1: everything. I mean, they're not here if he's not in this lineup. I mean, not only was the MVP in the championship series to get here, yeah. but the at-bats that he's had. And we've talked a lot about the younger guys, Corbin Carroll, leading that. You know, Alec Thomas, you know, Aldo Perdomo. We, we've seen so much of that. But then you've got Marte right there in that two-hole that has literally been the straw that stirs the drink. Like, he is the one that, like, okay, okay, little young pups, I see no. what you're doing, but let's be real. I'm the one that's actually going to manufacture a and make this whole thing happen.
0: We, we start with your love for Reggae Monday. So what is Jessica Mendoza's favorite reggae song?
1: Ooh. Oh, okay. Uh, favorite reggae song would have to be um, Three Little Birds. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. All right, okay. now. All right, yeah. now. All right yeah. Jessica. All yeah, right, that now? puts me. That puts me in the right spot. Okay. Yeah.
0: All right. Yeah. Everybody's in that kind of vibe right now, and yeah. and just for you, Jessica, just for you right now.
1: About oh. a team. Okay. Okay. Heavy yes. little team. It's going to so, be all right. <laughs> oh, I'm <laughs> I won't to the station. <laughs>
0: <laughs> You're one of our favorites, Jessica. Always I appreciate you, you my friend. Much love to you, my friend. Enjoy Game 3 and the rest of the World Series and take care, I'm Jessica. taking
1: these vibes with me all night. Thank no you. No doubt
0: about that. The great <laughs> Jessica Mendoza, like I mentioned, she's an SOS sister to the show, ESPN Baseball and a great follower on Jess Mendoza, like we mentioned, World Series, ESPN Radio, Every rest of the series, every pitch, every at-bat, every run, every out, game three, 7 o'clock Eastern Time between the Diamondbacks and Rangers. Listen to them on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. I'm losing my train of thought because Harry's dancing in the studio right now. I can't even pay attention <laughs> to do the read to get everybody going for the rest of the show. We'll get you ready for Monday Night Football involving the Lions and the Raiders. And we got in other news, including one town that says, if you're too old to trick or treat, you could be put in jail. That comes your way next to ESPN Radio and the ESPN app.
3: The Freddy and Harry Podcast.
0: On this Reggae Monday, on Freddie and Harry, he's Harry Douglas. I am Freddie Coleman. Thanks for joining us on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, X and Channel eighty, and I always tell that smart speaker to play ESPN Radio, presented by Deep Progressive Insurance. Don't forget Monday Night Football eight fifteen Eastern Time tonight. First time in two thousand since twenty eighteen that the Detroit Lions are going to host Monday Night Football. They take on the Las Vegas Raiders. This should not be a game. And I tried to convince Herm Edwards, Harry of that. And I said, this has all the makings of being a total blowout or a close game. And he said, don't do that. Don't go there. (laughs) He wasn't buying it. That could be a close game, but... With the Lions on this center stage, I can't wait to see exactly what they're going to look like, especially playing an opponent they should beat with the back of a quarterback and what happened in last week when eight days ago they got destroyed by the Baltimore Ravens. That's why
2: I think this is a huge game for the Lions. Why? Because it's on national TV. Monday Night Football, you got Joe Buck, Troy Aikman there, yeah. who's going to be on the call. But the way and the manner that they got beat in versus the Baltimore Ravens, right? That is still in the back of people's minds. So mm-hmm. what's the best way to overcome that? Do what the Baltimore Ravens did to you to the las vegas raiders right That's take a point. advantage of your opponent when you have them down bury them but i will say this this isn't national football league so the raiders not just gonna go out there and say hey you know what lions you got beat by the ravens mm. y'all have your way with us it right. don't work like that so they're gonna have to be consistent across the board get that bad taste out of your mouth it feels like forever ago that happened so i'm pretty sure they're excited to, to, to finally get that imprint out of their head and take advantage of an opponent because of what happened last week.
0: I thought Herm Edwards said it best as well, that that crowd is going to be out of their minds. And he said, if I'm Dan Campbell, I'm saying this is what you should expect. When we get into the playoffs and I'm walking out of the locker room, let them run through the locker room to get ready to get out there and get after the Las Vegas Raiders. It was a perfect, perfect thing to say for a team that's been waiting for this, a city that's been waiting for this when it comes to that city, Detroit. And yeah, they're going to be a piston city and they still love the Detroit Tigers. They're really hockey town when it comes to Detroit Red Wings, but they have not been a championship contender in a minute. But now you got this Detroit Lions team. And if you're able to keep winning and stacking together W's, Harry, and the schedule about to play in your favor, the final part of your season, you only play three teams for the rest of the year that are either at or above 500, this got all the makings of really being a special winter when it comes to the Lions in the NFC.
2: I think the fans of Detroit have been waiting for this moment for a very, very long time, right? Dan yeah. Campbell being the head coach of this team, and I would say offensively, defensively, and special teams, those players embodying everything that Dan Campbell stands for, right. it, it, it helps the cause, right? You think about Detroit, you think about Motown, you think about Barry Sanders, you think about the Pistons, you think about the Red Wings, right? So now the Detroit Lions are trying to be that team that – these fans could remember forever. And it's been, it's been a while since we talked about the Detroit Lions being relevant in this manner. No doubt. But I think they have something special going. Even though they got Mollywop <laughs> by the Baltimore Ravens, there is something special in Detroit right now. And tonight on the national stage, look at all the national games they have.
0: No, no doubt. Right? No, yeah, they're, they're, they're personalities. They got a quarterback yep. in Jared Goff playing well. They got a coach that is eye candy on the sidelines in terms of his antics. And a lot of people get a chance to see that for the first time since 2018. The Detroit Lions hosting Monday Night Football. That game at 8.15 Eastern time on ESPN, and the Manicast will be on ESPN, too, at the same time. Each and every night about this time, you missed on anything in the world of sports, outside the world of sports, we make sure you are caught up like this. They may not be the top stories of the day. In other news. But you need to be in the know. This is In Other News. And where was security at the Rose Bowl in Los Angeles when it came to watching out for the Colorado locker room? The Denver Post reported that at least five players were victimized when thousands in jewelry and valuables were stolen from the locker room that they lost to UCLA on Saturday night. It also included three players who allegedly had golden diamond chains worth thousands of dollars that were stolen from the locker room of Colorado when they played USC. UCLA, excuse me, in the Rose Bowl.
2: Oh, it's easy. It's an inside job. It's someone who. Work there that understands what's in the locker rooms and how to get through them. Mm-hmm. I like, anybody's not just going to walk into the Rose Bowl in a locker room, right. and, and and be able to have access uh, access like that,
0: right? Yeah, no doubt about that. But that's speaking, ter- that's terrible though, man. That that's, really is. You know, I'll say this: I'm surprised it doesn't happen more often. True. Where a lot of players are flexing and and everything like that, and somebody looks at that as hmm. If I leave the door open, I will call my boy or call my girl. The next thing you know, they get in there and get on out. I'm surprised that doesn't happen more often. If I'm any kind of team going on the road, I may have to bring my own security and watch out for the locker room, make sure that nobody else that you don't know is supposed to be in charge of those kind of secure things when it comes to going on the road, especially wearing the kind of jewelry that players are going to wear in this day and age. As much as a crime as that is, it should not be a crime to trick or treat. But according to NPR, some towns still ban older teenagers, Including trick or treaters, including Belleville, Illinois. There's a city law that states that it is unlawful for any person to appear on the streets, highways, public homes, private homes, or public places in the city to make trick or treat visitations unless they're in the eighth grade or below. What? They put a time limit on eight thirty PM and there was a law dating back in that city, Harry, that you could get six months in jail. During the '70s, if you're above the age of 12, you can get trick what? or treating. Six months in jail. There's a law. They well, rescinded the law back in 2019. Whoever made that need to be locked up. I agree. Just stupid. I hear you. I, I, I completely. I mean, if a 17 year old was to trick or treat and he got younger kids with him or don't, I'm good with it.
2: Exactly. Yeah. Like, I trick-or-treat with my kids.
0: Exactly. But if a 17-year-old showed up, my doing says trick-or-treat, and got a costume on, I'm not turning that person away. What if they don't have a costume oh. on like I did when, with my friends my sophomore year of high school? We just kind of went around and got some candy. You got you to have a costume. You're not getting any candy. You can't do it.
2: It's called Halloween. Trick-or-treating. Yeah, yeah Deb, you got to put on your banana costume.
0: I'm sorry. Nah, special what? occasions. Oh, oh, wait, hold on. Oh, wait, wait. Hold on. Hold on. No, no, no. We're not leaving this alone. Banana costume? You no, no, no. I, I mean, I, I don't right. know. Wait. I mean, I don't know. Can neither confirm nor deny. Well, why would Harry bring Harry did not bring that up just because it popped in his head. He had to have a previous conversation. He, he had to have a previous conversation. Yeah. God. Yeah. Now now I got that image in my head. <laughs> oh, my God. Good Lord have mercy. Uh-oh. Yeah, uh-oh is right. Speaking of uh-oh, we got a different kind of trick or treat, depending on who you talk to. When it came to Flavor Flav, yes, that Flavor Flav from the Public Enemy Hip Hop Hall of Fame group over the weekend, specifically yesterday, Guess what Flavor Flav was doing before the Bucks played the Milwaukee Bucks? Before the Bucks played the Atlanta Hawks, excuse me. No, he wasn't signing autographs. He wasn't making an appearance. He was singing the National Anthem. Oh, say can you see Uh by the
3: dawn's early light what's so right Flavor. At the
2: twilight's last gleaming, Who for stripes? I think that's enough now.
0: <laughs> I think that's enough now for Flavor Flav. <laughs> you guys are just terrible. <laughs> now, not for nothing. He, tried. Flavor, <laughs> he did try number one, but Flavor Flav even said that he wanted to honor people in his family that served in the military. He said, I know it didn't sound great, but I wanted to do the best that I could to honor them because of what they were able to do putting their lives on the line for the freedoms of this country. So his heart was definitely in the right place. His voice, an entirely different conversation.
2: Yeah, his heart was definitely in the right place. Them vocal cords weren't, though. Vocal cords was on another level, and I'm not talking about high, downward. (laughs) spiraling down. (laughs) Harry, if you got the invitation to sing the national anthem at maybe a Louisville basketball game, would you do it? Oh, man. Hell I'm yeah. going to, I almost said I'm singing that S H. You know, I almost hey. said I had to remember we was on live. Uh, I'm going to sing that thing with my
0: soul. You would definitely be a lot better at that than Flavor Flake. Sing it with my soul. I have no doubt about it. Y'all
2: that. know I'm not shy to sing any and everywhere.
0: Yeah, the, 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 the difference is, unlike some people who need to carry a tune in the cup, you already got that handle.
2: <laughs> that <boy>. good.
0: <laughs> <laughs> not, not good and terrible, like a uh, play for play. But at least, like I said, his heart was in the right place. His voice, not exactly the same. We're going to do it again tomorrow here on Freddie and Harry. He's Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. Thanks for joining us on the mighty ESPN Radio. Take care. God bless. And as always, keep cool. But it's time for Game 3 of the World Series. Every pitch, every at-bat, every out, right next on ESPN Radio. Uh-oh. Thanks for listening to the Freddie and Harry Podcast on ESPN Radio.